0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Special Features, and it is a very special episode of Special Features because not only is this the only podcast that discusses popular culture, but this week we are discussing the popular culture of the spooky kind. We are in the post-Halloween season, so me, Alexi Toliopoulos, one of the co-hosts of this podcast, wanted to give you a few little extra horror recommendations for you to get into for, you know the spooky season can continue for as long as you want why not let it continue we've just celebrated the spooky season but it can still be celebrated it can still be spooky and joining me to talk about these spooky movie recommendations is one of my dearest friends and one of my favorite horror fanatics A fiend for the silver screen It is Demi Lardner.
1: Oh, hello, Alexi And might I say It's never not the spooky season around here
0: You might say that And of course, someone such as yourself Covered in cobwebs And freaky boils and scabs Because you're a demon Uh Crawling up from the hell itself
1: I'm a demon, I'm full of rats I like to go gree-hee-hee My (laughs) favourite thing to say is gree-hee-hee Um <laughs> I, uh, sort of, uh, I, I actually think that twisted stuff like blood is, um, like funny. Oh, wow. Like, I laugh.
0: You are a sick puppy. A sick freak. You disturb me and disgust me.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, what can I do? What
0: can hey, I do? What can you do? It is your lot in life. But you and I, we (laughs) love talking about horror movies, and constantly we're giving each other horror movie recommendations, a lot of the time off the record. And we thought, Mm -hmm. heck, Brother Bear, why don't we just do one (laughs) on the record for a change?
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Heck, Brother Bear, uh, uh, Frozen, um, the one about the horse named Spirit. Why don't we? Yes. Why don't we put it on the record? We're going to
0: go spin the podcast together and give you some horror movie recommendations. And Mm -hmm. it is going to be a pleasurable experience for us and hopefully one for you as well, my dear listener. But Demi, why don't you kick (laughs) things off? What is maybe like a big horror movie that you finally Checked off the list or something. Okay. Something big. Let's go big. Let's go bold. Let's go whack. Let's go wild.
1: I love. I love this movie. It's uh, one of my favorites. Uh, I saw it probably for the first time when I was like ten. Uh, rewatched it uh, uh, like just a couple of weeks ago. Event Horizon. Is, uh, is what I need people to check out. And um, I'm gonna
0: be honest with you, Demi. I've never seen Event Horizon. It Dude, is. you!
1: I'm so I'm so excited for you. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for you because not only is it like um, I I have a controversial opinion about Lawrence Fishburne that I'll tell you in a in a second, <laughs> but it's some of Sam Neill's best. He's amazing. It's a real freak in it. it he he makes um, some decisions that I've just um I have no fucking idea. Mm-hmm. The uh the movie is a. Almost shameless ripoff of about six other movies. Wow. It's almost beat for beat alien. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very clearly visually ripping off um, uh, Hellraiser. Okay. It's uh it's so many, it's so many other movies, but I love it. Um the thing that I wanted to say about Lawrence Fishburn is I don't think he was ever meant to do anything except for The Matrix.
0: Whoa. And that was confirmed.
1: That was confirmed for me when I re-watched Event Horizon.
0: Oh my god, that is a controversial opinion. And I, I know. am actually gonna silence you. I'm gonna censor that. I'm gonna Go ahead. I'm
1: gonna censor
0: <laughs> you for saying that. I'm gonna put oh, all
1: my-fucking woke police. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna put all my tactics of oppression on you. You're gonna be suppressed. Every opinion that you have out in the world will be taken back in and you have to swallow them up.
1: I don't, wa- I don't want to, no, no, I don't like my own Mebison. I really don't like my own Mebison.
0: You have to swallow them back up. But tell me, what does he do in this movie? What's he doing in Event Horizon? Is it Morpheus stuff?
1: <laughs> it's not really. It is It is actually kind of, he has a Morpheus-ish. He has like, if Morpheus was kind of like a pissed off stepdad type mm. of energy. um, And it doesn't work at all, really. There are some moments where he was clearly supposed to emote where what he does instead is just like yell. Wow, and okay. it's so good. There are so many scenes of him needlessly running for like a long time. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. And also, it's uh, I, I believe it's it is pre Matrix. I believe so. He's it's like young Lawrence Fishburne, looking amazing. Wow. I love staring at his fucking face. Mm. It's the best thing for me. And I love that he's in the movie. I just I just think he was only meant to be. In you the just
0: wish he was Matrix. wearing tiny little glasses without the hands on them.
1: I just wish he was wearing glasses that don't touch his ears. Yeah.
0: Yes, of course. Hey, one final question before we move on to my first pick. What is the fear that it conjures within you?
1: I th- uh, you know what it is? Um, it's partially space is just scary that nobody can, like, that. that's just true.
0: Nobody can hear you squirm is something I always <laughs> say in space.
1: Nobody, nobody can hear you cream in space, <laughs> what they say.
0: And that's heck, that's not for lack of trying.
1: I know. I was <laughs> rubbing everything. But um it's uh it's also um it's a it's a beautiful um there is no monster except the monster within Whoa. type of type of feeling, you know?
0: Wow. Okay, beautiful stuff. That is Event Horizon, a science fiction horror film starring mm-hmm. the guy who plays Morpheus and the guy who plays Ah uh, Mr. Dinosaur.
1: Yes, actually,
0: Doctor. He did he probably has a PhD. Pretty huge dinosaur interest. <laughs> Alright. I'm gonna give you my first pick, and it's a similar ben. one to yours in that it is a big classic in the horror field that I know you have not seen, but I Ooh. really am gonna put the pressure on you on the record to finally watch Stuart okay. Gordon's Reanimator. Fuck yeah. Reanimator, it is one of my favorites. I was lucky enough to host a big screening of this over in Brisbane. Ben, or as the Americans like to call it, Brisbane, in Brisbane, yeah, yes. in Brisbane for the Brisbane Only Repulsive Liquid Film Festival, which was such a yep. blast, a huge sold out screening. People really came out for Reanimator, and it got me thinking of like, why do people love this movie so much? And there's a few factors at play, but I think what it really comes down to is that I think it might be the perfect balance of horror and comedy. These two kind of opposing forces for relieving tension. And Reanimator does so expertly. If you're not really familiar with what Reanimator is, it is an adaptation of a HP Lovecraft story, and it is unlike what your pre expectations of Lovecraft are. It's not that cosmic Cthulhu uh mm. cosmical type horror stuff. It is more in the realm of body horror and splatter horror, I would nice. say. So Which
1: is that is that something uh, is body horror something that you enjoy? Uh, is it something that you can always have more of? Or is it something that you need, you think needs to be like expertly uh, uh, handled?
0: Wonderful question. Personally. Wonderful question, Demi. You're one of the great question answer- askers I've ever heard of. <laughs> um, but it's a great question because I actually really do love body horror. And I think it's taken me a little mm. while to figure it out and perhaps why. Perhaps the reason why is because I love to see beautiful practical effects and horror, and with body horror in particular, you have to be quite inventive. And it's like trying to give you squeamish things like, hey, what if you could make the head look fucking weird or whatever? Like those <laughs> things. Like, I, really, I really dig body horror and partially because it does make me uncomfortable. And I think mm. with this one, it's a great example of that body horror. It's like early 1980s. And what the original reanimated story is was 1920s from H.P. Lovecraft kind of. Parody, satirical take on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the actual book. So he's kind of mm-hmm. m- making some cheek at it. And it is quite funny, <laughs> quite silly. But I think what people really connect with is Jeffrey Coombs is the leader of this film. He plays Her- Dr. Herbert West, who is the reanimator. And uh, this is a really beloved performance. And if you're not familiar with who Jeffrey Coombs is, probably the best other example of his work is. Is the Frighteners. He is a creepy fella Mm. in that. But uh, it's one of the great horror performances, in my opinion. It's, like, vigorously self-assured, and he has this comforter that only grows in its charms as his scenery-chewing reaches new heights throughout this movie. (laughs) He just is something really funny. And there's this great little interview behind-the-scenes thing where they're like, hey, what's the difference between Jeffrey Coombs and Herbert West? And he just puts on glass and goes, hello, I'm Herbert West. And it's (laughs) just so fun. Um, That's
1: so cool. I'm going to read you one so, more
0: quote before I move on. Yes, please. Uh, to kind of push you over the line to finally watching this, <laughs> the great film critic Pauline Kael uh, had, like, a powerful experience watching this movie. She likens this to Pop Buñuel, uh, Buñuel being the director of Unshan Andalou, who which is that famous, silent, uh, surrealist film where you see that eyeball get sliced up in half. Um yeah. And she says, the jokes hit you in a subterranean comic zone that the surrealist pranks sometimes reached, but without the surrealist self-consciousness and art consciousness. Hmm. So it's very kind of funny, weird, surreal stuff. And it's just kind of exquisite in its, I guess, balance- and harmony between horror and comedy and i think you would really That's dig really
1: hard to do. I mm. I feel like i i always shy away from um comedy horrors cuz uh i think the the last one that i was like okay i'll accept it was cabin in the woods cuz i was mm-hmm. like you had some genuinely funny jokes in there and it was actually good horror but I uh, usually comedy horror. I'm like, do hey, do one or the other. Just call it one or the other, and have spooky stuff, mm-hmm. or have jokes in your horror movie.
0: I would say that uh, this Cabin in the Woods owes a lot to Reanimator, and uh, really in its tone. I think it's really that's actually a good pairing that I would put together. That's cool. Good pairing.
1: Um, oh, Alexi, can I please do my next movie?
0: Okay, Demi, I shall grant you the next pick of a recommendation. Please (laughs) begin your spiel. Begin to speak.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that you've seen this movie because I think actually you recommended it to me. It's Choose or Die.
0: Choose or Die, a Netflix streaming horror film. I'm actually think this is a really underappreciated movie. I'm glad you brought me it up. Me
1: too. Yeah, I uh, I love this movie. You recommended it to me, and specifically one scene that you uh, told me about was one of the one of the most um like tension filled, creepy scenes that I've seen in anything in a while. It's um. Mm,
0: how would you even describe this movie? It's kind of like a speculative. It's almost yeah. like a Black Mirror technology horror, but set yes. in like a video game world.
1: Exactly, but it's. Uh, I think they. I think a very smart thing about this that I uh, that I think uh, for uh, a lot of horror movies is the tech is old. It's like an 80s video game, so it feels creepy mm-hmm. anyway. Um, it's like you know how in Alien they're using uh, even though it's meant to be like a futuristic computer they were like well it's a cargo spaceship so they'll have like shitty computers mm-hmm. everything will be clunky kind of the same thing and I'm like of course the old video game is haunted mm-hmm. and of course <laughs> Freddy Krueger's voice is coming out of it Yeah, um, Robert
0: England doing a little cameo as a voice of a game really Pretty good sick.
1: really cool um, there's a scene in it with a rat that is very Oof. very very spooky and I I think the classic um, Don't Show the Monster really, like, really made that scene huge for me. Yeah, it's Um
0: really powerful and evocative, that scene, because I guess to describe it, it is the protagonist is uh in one location their mother is trapped mm. in their house. You only see yep. them having a conversation via phone. So you never see what's mm-hmm. happening in the mother's space, the mother's area. You're trapped in the scene yep. of the protagonist. And she's seeing on a computer screen. Like in that yeah, kind of like a
1: pixel, an eight pixel. bit um an eight bit version of the monster that's uh threatening her mother. So it's like the it's like watching a, it's like looking at a photocopy of a photocopy mm. and you're like, what the fuck? It's like, there's a couple of screens between you and the horror, which makes it very scary. Yeah. Um, there's no gore The tension whatsoever. in that scene was amazing.
0: But it's just, no, you're right, but- just the tension just really ramps up.
1: Yeah. Um. So, great. I loved that movie. Um. And uh, the end of it was not what I expected, but I, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I think endings are very hard to pull off in a lot of horror movies, but- I think, it, I think it did really well.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's Choose or Die. It's on Netflix. And it's got... Uh, is it Arza Butterfield? is one of the supporting characters in the movie? Yes,
1: yes, and yes. And
0: Eddie Marsden. Right. Eddie Marsden, I believe, is in it. I Yeah. yeah. I, I really like this movie. and I don't think it got enough... I guess it didn't land at a horror-filled era for Netflix and it was not as yeah. well as I think it should be, especially for that rat scene. That rat scene is one of the more distinct It's so good. Tension filled things I've seen in recent years.
1: It's so good. Yeah, fifteenth of April, twenty twenty two, was the initial release. So yeah, I um, I th- I don't know what I don't know what was going on, but I think it's been slept on. And um, I think there's a audience review that I think s- is really good too. That says this movie doesn't have any scary SFX, makeup, or grand jump scares and other kinds of stuff that are usually in blockbuster horror movies. But I M O, this is a really enjoyable horror movie. Yep, true. It had my attention the entire time. I think it's fucking awesome. I, Please watch it.
0: Please watch it. Choose oh, please! Or die. We beg of you to watch it. Give it a crack. And it's pretty brisk. Like, it's a fun little brisk horror movie. Uh, I'm going to yes. give you a recommendation from around the globe. We are heading to Japan for a movie that I only just watched for the first time, like, two days ago. It is from director Shinya Tsukamoto, who is best known for Tetsuo the Iron Man, another body horror classic. But this is something a little bit weirder, even weirder. I'm just talking about one of the weirdest movies ever. This is weirder (laughs) in a different sense, I'd say. Um, and it is kind of in not quite a horror comedy, but there's a campness to this film that I think really accelerates what it does. It's a movie called Hiruko the Goblin. Oh,
1: fuck, that's great. That's-
0: <laughs> I'll give you the plot yep. description from Letterboxd because it's hard to even sum up what this is. A school was built on one of the gates of hell behind which <laughs> hordes of demons await the moment they will be free to roam the earth. Hiruko is a goblin sent to earth on a reconnaissance mission. He beheads students in order to assemble their heads on the demon spider-like bodies. Hieda, an archaeology professor, and Masao, a haunted student, investigate the gory deaths, deaths and eventually battle <laughs> Hiruko. Um Oh,
1: no, I'm investigating these gory deaths.
0: (laughs) Well, it would be a great episode of, like, (laughs) Wellington Paranormal. I think it's in the same, not a dissimilar tone. But this was one of the most (laughs) enjoyable horror experiences I've had in forever, Demi. And the camera itself is so playful. There's times where it does a thing where I really love, where you get to be the POV of the stalker, the monster, the creature... And the camera really animates itself, like, when it's doing this, so it's, like, a lot of the time the camera's really low on the ground, running really fast, really capturing, like, these spider-like creatures that have just, they're basically, you know, almost like a a creation of Sid, or from Toy Story, where it's just, like, heads (laughs) with, like, spider-like legs coming out of them that crawl around, Um Is this really powerful style that confidently, like, straddles camp and threat of horror while also really embracing almost, like, a little bit of the beauty of the fantastical in, like, this kind of the life meets death realm. That sounds
1: awesome. It's really- What do you think is the- what, what do you think is the thing that, like, um, that uh, shines the most? Is it the spooky? Is it, like, the campness? Or is it the, like, um, practical effects? Like, uh, what's the thing that really uh, shines in this movie for you?
0: It's all of those things combined, I would say. But I think you said a great key word, which is the word spooky. I, it's one of my favorite yeah. words because I think it is... It captures the campness. There's something about that word, though. It's like, it feels so camp. Like It sounds like a B-52 lyric whenever I hear the <laughs> word spooky. I just think it's, like, this perfect thing of capturing campness. If I were to kind of describe, like... I would almost say, like, this is, like, Japanese Ghostbusters or something. It's just really oh, fun. Oh, that's awesome. But it's quite... The scariness is amped up a lot more because the imagery is disturbing, yet really fun. And that's Hiroko yep. the Goblin, Big recommendation. In fact, Demi, come over sometime and watch it because it's a little oh, bit rare to find. But I got a beautiful little Blu-ray disc for it. But you could probably <laughs> find it pretty easy if you're good at searching for things.
1: Oh, I'm not. I'm really bad.
0: Well, lucky you um, got me, and we can just watch it together. Just chuck it on the disc.
1: This is going to be great. Let's do that. We'll have some whiskey and we'll watch. Uh, we'll watch our lovely movie together. Because we were talking about camp and spooky. This is not a horror movie, and it's not my recommendation. But I will, I think it's a movie that I re the most um, out of anything. And it is, um, I know that you like this movie too. It is A uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. I think absolutely. it's, it's still technically spooky, mm-hmm. it's but spooky. it's mostly, it's mostly funny and, mm-hmm. um, it's a musical, which usually I'm not. I'm not a super into musical type person. Uh, I love this, and I love Rocky Horror. Yeah. Um, but I just think, in terms of camp, spookiness, of course, it's camp. It's a musical, but um, Little Shop of Horrors, the best. Mm-hmm. I think practical effects. I'm gonna. I'm just it's gonna incredible. say the best practical effects I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And also Rick Moranis. Oh, sure.
0: and he's one of the great practical effects. I would say.
1: He really, He really is.
0: Yeah, it's one of my um, very favorite movies. Cam and I did a great episode of it on Total reboot in this podcast feed if you want to search that listen to it we go freaking crazy it's one of our very favorite movies
1: it's it's so 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 good um but my third uh recommendation is the hellraiser reboot
0: oh dude i've not seen it yet i've not seen this
1: i will not spoil anything Mm -hmm. i think you probably already know um hellraiser is a freaking chick now oh how's that even supposed to work (laughs) How can Um, they
0: gender flip the most beloved masculine character of all time? Mr. Cenobite himself, Pinhead.
1: Mr. Cenobite, the uh, bleeding nipple haver, the most (laughs) famous blood nippler of all time uh one of my favorite things about original um hellraiser and i don't think this was i don't think this came into the the um i don't think this was a factor of them uh gender flipping but one of my favorite things uh that tom and i talk about with uh hellraiser is that you've got all the different centibytes. you've got pinhead in the middle you've got i think his name's like the chatterer you've got butterball, butterball. who's uh, the big fat guy <laughs> and then you've got female Cenobite, which she just doesn't get, she just doesn't have anything about her Mm -hmm. that they could find. And they're like, oh, she's a chick. (laughs) Like, uh, So new Hellraiser, uh, Pinhead's a lady. They don't go into it. There's no lore exploration really, which I love. Like, uh, Hellraiser is already about a a spooky ancient thing that has its own lore, and even though this is a reboot, it's not going back into that and being like, well, you see, she's a lady now because blah, 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 blah. There's none of that. They just do it. It's great. Still scary. There's some elements of it that I'm like, okay, we're doing the thing where you don't trust the main character because they're on drugs or, or something like that. Sometimes I think that's overplayed. Whatever. It doesn't take away from the fact that, I think it was a really, really good reboot. There are some really cool effects in it and uh, like really strange forms of torture <laughs> that wow. the uh, Cenobites do, like really interesting just ideas that you can see have come through from the screenplay. Just like someone was like, oh yeah, you know what would put someone in in like genuine um, terror and hell for a long time? This machine <laughs> and uh, it's it's really cool. Um, there were a couple of times I, and I never, uh, you know, react to horror movies, but I, a couple of times went,
0: and that's huge. That is huge. Yeah. yeah. This has been on my radar because Jamie Clayton, who plays the new Cenobite lead, I guess the the rebooted Pinhead, if you will, um, yes. is probably best known for Sense8. And I just love her in that show. And yep. I, it's what has made me so curious about this, because I just want to see her do more cool and whack and weird stuff. Does mm. it have that kind of balance of pleasure and pain that the original Hellraisers <laughs> were all
1: about? Yeah. <laughs> It has, it's so cool. It has the, uh, first of all, the movie is both a a pleasure and a pain because uh, visually it's stunning. It's also uh, quite disturbing at points, which is amazing. It also has such a, such a cool, I know I said there wasn't lore and this doesn't count, but but Pinhead explaining, hey, this is what we're all about. You know, we have such sights to show you. But then sort of going into it being like, yeah, the reason we're all fucked up is because like we had all the pleasure and now we're now we're doing this instead. Mm. And you got to catch up and you don't think about it when you're opening your fun little Rubik's Cube that, you know, you're going to have a half of a car engine stuck through your chest that fucks with your nerve endings like yeah, because we think that feels good. What are you, stupid? Get on board. Mm. Isn't this fun? And you're like, bro, it's not. Whoa. It's so cool. Just the misunderstanding of the Cenobites being like, this is, yeah, this is what pleasure is now. It's really cool. Wow. Just a, complete, like, a clashing of uh, worlds with some ghosties that uh, only want to, you know, fuck their own assholes with a chainsaw. It's really nice.
0: Whoa, okay. Well, I might chuck it on tonight. I, I'm, I, it's between this and I'd Event be, Horizon for me tonight. I'd be
1: really interested to find out uh, f- to find out what you think because I really liked the reboot. I'm like classically a movie enjoyer. Like if I put a movie on, I want to enjoy it. So uh, it it may just be me trying to enjoy it, but I really liked the Hellraiser reboot.
0: Well, I'm glad that you liked it. I'm glad that you recommended it. I'm going to be a yeah. bit sneaky, Demi, with my last pick. Oh, my God. I'm actually going to give you two movies. I'm putting them together because they are both 2023 new releases and Mm. they are both on Shudder right now. Oh, yeah. So you can watch both of these right now. The first one I'll give you right off the bat is VHS 85. Have you ever been into the VHS franchise of films?
1: I know that I have seen... um I've seen them tangentially, but is it something that you think I should dive into in a big way? I'm
0: a big fan of the VHS series. Uh, Basically, what they are, there, I think, are five or six of them now, but they are horror anthology films, and each Mm. of them has, like, a running style, which is found footage or faux documentary but probably closer to found footage in the truest sense um, yeah. uh, films and so often it's like an anthology they've got like a wraparound story maybe someone's searching through all these tapes and you get to see all the tapes that they're watching but they're all like quite spooky and freaky they have get some Great directors to come on board from lots of different fields of horror, action, genre, cinema. Um, And the latest one, VHS 85, is set in 1985 in some kind of roundabout way. And the bridging story between them all is maybe my favorite of all the bridging stories where... It's all kind of unveiled through a made-for-TV documentary um, that is just, Mm. like, following these science experiments on, like, this shape-shifting person or creature or being or entity. And so, between that, each of the five films are spliced between it, uh, but it almost feels like... It's kind of set up to be these are all recorded over this one cassette tape of this other documentary. So, it's kind of has like a lot plays a lot of like the splicing and the jumping through. Um, I
1: love that. That is such a good, I think, uh, like... uh Classic horror movie thing, Um, old stuff was easier to be spookified Mm because it was uh, physical, you know, VHSs being spookified. Love it. One of my favourite, I I don't even want to call it a trope because that feels like a dirty word in my mouth, but VHSs (laughs) are scary. There's there's no two ways about it.
0: (laughs) Oh, I have to agree because this one, it has that... feeling of like this wretched tape being unearthed it is so much fun there are so many great little short films in here i'll including two that kind of speak to each other there's one that's like mm. a follow-up to another one, which is something new for this franchise. Um, that's quite good. But I would say the best one is by C- written by C. Robert Cargill and written and directed by Scott Derrickson, who are the Doctor Strange guys. They're sinister. They're the black phone. And it's kind of in the same world as the black phone. And this is one of the oh. ones where I'm just like, this is feature ready. This one can get bumped up. Uh, and it's basically a police investigation into these murders, but a week before that they investigated these murders, they were sent these tapes of the these exact murders happening filmed by camera. And but When they receive the tapes, these people aren't dead. They're still alive. But it's exactly what happens to them. So, it's like, how does this get captured? It follows into... It's called Dream Kill. So, it's basically, I will tell you that dreams are involved in this in a very (laughs) interesting way. Um, Premonitions are involved in this in a very interesting way. And I think it might even be set in the same world as the black phone. Like, there's something about it that ties these two together um, in a Mm. quite interesting way. So, that's VHS 85. It's on Shudder. I recommend jumping through all the VHS movies. If you're a horror head, if you are probably of the same age as Demi and I, where found footage was like a dominant form of horror, probably during the time of when you're getting into horror. I think the VHS film franchise really carries on that torch in a really powerful, beautiful way that I love, love, love so much. And my final recommendation for you, Demi, and for you, the dear listener, is an Argentinian horror movie called When Evil Lurks. Um, It's also on Shudder. It's by a filmmaker called Demian Ragnar. And this is a possession film. But
1: unlike
0: one you have seen before. And especially when we're in the year of The Exorcist Believer To me, probably my turd of the year. Um, (laughs) It was very refreshing to have something be a really new take on possession and cult and religion in a really freaking weird and whack way. And it is quite squirmy. It's quite squeamish. It's very gory. And it does stuff in gore that I've not seen before. But it's basically in a remote village uh, there is these demonic infections going on. People have like these pustules, these growths, these really creeping, rotting type stuff. And it is basically all signifying that a demon is about to be birthed into this world. And they have to kind of figure out a way to stop that from happening. Uh, and <laughs> it's very, it's a kind of small, low key movie, but. Everything just works. And, like, it's very beautiful. It looks fantastic. Uh, the practical effects are insane. They are so oh my God, scary I have to watch and this. freaky looking. There's some imagery that will stick with me for quite some while, but... But it feels completely original. I can't even... I wouldn't even be able to compare it to The Exorcist in a meaningful way when it comes to these ideas of possession, meeting religion, meeting these existentialism. It's entirely different. And it almost does feel like... um, uh, you know, it's a interesting viewing this as a post-COVID coronavirus movie because it is oh, a bit yeah. about, like, the way that possessions can pass on and, like, it is almost like a, d- a possession by way of plague and disease
1: yeah damn that's oh that sounds awesome that's um i think uh yeah people people started going about disease in a in a slightly different way Mm post-covid but it's interesting it was interesting how much those uh movies spiked like uh contagion and shit everybody was like oh that's like wait that's like what's oh no Mm -hmm. um and still wouldn't wear a mask, but whatever. Uh,
0: oh no, I, indeed.
1: <laughs> I uh, I can't wait to watch that. That sounds sick. I really like. Uh, is it is it more of an um when you're watching it, like would you fear? Okay, what's the balance between um, uh, spooky and existential in terms of the scares that you get from that movie?
0: I would say they're freaky. They're freaky scares because nice. they just look. There's hideousness involved, I would say. Like, oh, great. There's just lots of splatter, lots of gore, pustules, rottings, uh, yep. people were bisected into halves. Uh, so it's it's Love it's it. just it's whack. And it's called When Evil Lurks. It's an Argentinian horror film. It's on Shutter. I've been hearing so much great stuff about it. And by the end, I became one of the proselytizers, telling you to check out this freaking whack movie, Demi, watch this. run through your picks again before we wrap things up.
1: My picks were uh, the Hellraiser reboot, Event Horizon, and Choose or Die as the slept-on uh, horror movie for me. Event Horizon, a classic. Hellraiser reboot, a uh, wonderful um, remake of one of my absolute favourite classics.
0: Beautifully put, and mine this time were Reanimator, one of the great horror comedies of all time, a humongous recommendation if you've never seen it. And if you have seen it, recommend it to a friend, get them involved. It's fun to watch with some buddies that movie. I also recommended When Evil Lurks and VHS 85, both of them are on Shutter. They both came out this year. And of course, in the middle, I recommended Hiruko the Goblin. And it is cool, it is weird, it is whack. Demi, you've got bigsofttitty.png, a very funny podcast That's with you right. and Tom Walker. That's right. But you're cooking up something else very cool at the moment.
1: Yeah, I've got this um, a uh, basically a game show that I do on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Demi Lardner. Um, and it's called So You Want to Win a Penis Pump. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, just a lot of crazy shit. Like, just, just watch it. It's really stupid. It's a, a very self centered game show. It's mostly about me, but I I have some really good guests and I've got some like really exciting guests coming up. So please watch.
0: And what's the best way to get to it?
1: Well, there's uh, you can watch the VODs on Twitch, but we have an amazing editor that um, has cut them down to basically actual, like, you know, cut out some of the tech stuff, cut out some of the um, chatter while we were, um, you know, uh, explaining the games and stuff. Uh, our editor, ShadeLock, has made, like, 42-minute versions Oof. that are on YouTube, so you can just search So You Want to Win a Penis Pump and watch those.
0: Beautiful. So, that's all up on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, I'll tell Me. you why I'm cooking up. I'm making a podcast Please. about Australian cinema, and that'll be starting to come out probably later this month. Uh, it's called Sunburnt Screens. That's all I'll say for now, uh, but it's some big passion Beautiful. project of mine. Um, and there'll be heaps of it. We'll probably put a lot of it in this feed as well. So, just keep your eyes and ears peeled. But it's a big passion project. I think a really exciting way to get into or into deeper of Australian cinema and really celebrate and get excited about peeled. it. Keep your ears
1: peeled. You're reminding me of a certain pinned head.
0: Oh, gosh. Pinned head would really get off on that kind of crazy cookie oh, stuff. Oh, oh. And one,
1: oh no, not my ears again.
0: And in the realm of eyes and ears, how about the blending of vision and sound? I am in a music video for one yes, of the great I this. guy Sebastian made a music video that I am starring in. Uh, it's for his Song, I Chose Good. Uh, It's a really hit, Mm. funky, banger song. Um, I just sounded like someone who's never talked about music before. It's a funky, (laughs) hit, banger song. That's my biggest wreck. Funky,
1: hit, banger. It's a funky, hit, banger song. If you like funky, hit,
0: bangers, check out I Chose Good by Guy Sebastian. (laughs) Uh, It's a really fun music video. I had the best time doing it. It's basically like a 1970s police detective procedural uh, comedy. Kind of like Starsky and a Harch, I'd say. Where I play really Guy's bumbling sidekick And uh, <laughs> it's so much fun um, I'll put the link for it in the show notes So you can click on through Please. And start funky banging your head around to it And enjoying <laughs> the music but it was one of the more surreal experiences. I
1: can't wait to be funky banging to this song. Please
0: funk yourself (laughs) up to it. One of the most (laughs) surreal experiences of my life was getting asked to do this music video, saying yes and having a time of my life. Um, So please check it out. so fun and so freaking crazy cool that that it happened to me. It's crazy. It's so good. <laughs> it's lived it's in so my so life good. for like a couple of months and I still am like, wow, I'm in the Guy's Sebastian music video. That's crazy.
1: It's so cool. I'm so jealous. That's Oh my God. It's awesome.
0: Well, n- uh. I, now that I know Guy, I'll mention that we got a uh, freaky little fiend that would love to be in one of these music <laughs>
1: videos.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on the well, that's podcast. That's good. I was
1: looking morning. for someone to play a bug covered in shit in my next <laughs> video clip. So can you talk to Demi Lardner for me? <laughs>
0: yeah, they really want to do it. <laughs> All right, goodbye, my friends. Have a beautiful time, and may you enjoy things that are spooky in your own comfort.